0: Hi, welcome to the NeuralSec podcast, where we unite people and organizations to support and advance neurodiverse people in, neuro, in in cybersecurity. My name is Nathan Chung, and today my special guest is Tia Hopkins, Vice President of Global Solutions Engineering at eCentire. She's also founder of ePower Cybersecurity and professor at Yeshiva University. She won the SC Media Reboot Leadership Award in 2019 in the Outstanding Educator category. In 2020, she was named among the top 25 women leaders in cybersecurity by Software Report and named among the top 100 women in cybersecurity by Cyber Defense Magazine. She's also passionate about getting more women into cybersecurity while driving awareness of gender disparities in the industry with organizations such as Leading Cyber Ladies, the International Consortium of Women's, Consortium of Minority Cybersecurity Professionals, and the Women's cyber Institute. Recently, she was inducted into the American Football Events 2021 Whole Flame. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks that's a lot of warriors and accolades
1: yeah i was sitting here like oh <laughs> man
0: <laughs> so welcome
1: thank you uh,
0: first of all you you the you epowerherz uh cyber a few months ago tell me more about it and and your vision behind it
1: yeah so um you know i know there's a lot of organizations you know focused on minorities um and, you know getting more minorities into cybersecurity. Getting more women um, into cybersecurity, um, but what spoke to me is just kind of focusing on the the intersection of the two, because uh, you know the organizations that are already in existence uh, offer a lot. They're fantastic uh, uh, organizations, uh, but I find that a lot of times when I talk to you know young ladies that I uh, mentor, they they kind of feel lost. They don't really know where to start and are afraid to ask questions you know you go to a conference you might ask the wrong person the wrong question and then you know you, you you you're concerned that you may not be able to redeem yourself so for me it really is just a safe space to come and say all right i've got all this information what do i do with it you know wh- how does it matter to me H- how is it beneficial um and you know just be uh uh, so safe to ask the questions that you feel might not be the right question and just be totally uh, supported and given guidance and, and all those things.
0: Oh, wonderful. With so many of those nonprofits and other organizations out there helping other women, the women in, cyber, in cybersecurity, what sets Empower Her apart from from everyone else?
1: Um well i don't i don't like to consider us uh set apart i I really want to contribute right uh to the missions of those organizations because part of the problem is that a lot of women um, specifically women of color uh think that the barrier to entry to cybersecurity is just up there you know you have Mm -hmm. to be a coder you have to be super technical you have to be all these things and that's what's presented um i think on the surface in the market so for me it's really about debunking those myths getting more women feeling confident that they can be successful, both through by enabling them with the necessary information to kind of debunk that for them, but also being a representative of the possibilities as a woman of color myself. So just having a lot of women of color representing, supporting and driving that um, confidence to then build up the pipeline of women that are interested and then, you know, not hand them off, but introduce them to the other organizations that have all the resources available that they would need to drive their success.
0: I love it. And I, I say the same thing, it's, it, it is hard for women, and women of color spe- specifically, it's really hard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is.
0: And I do need to ask, you have so much going on in your life, uh, teaching, sports, advocacy, where do you find the energy and who, empower, who empowers you and uh, drives your passion?
1: Um, I think the missions empower me and and drive my passion, you know, I'm inspired by individuals that are brave enough to even say, I I think I want to do this. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll be the first one. I will help you figure it out. Just come. All you have to have is passion, right? I think that um, cybersecurity could benefit from more diverse backgrounds where not only, you know, individuals come from maybe a traditional path where they came up through the ranks in an organization or got um um, an official uh like a degree program or went through the path of the certifications that were laid out you know there's a lot of uh very brilliant minds out there that just don't have access to these types of resources and then self-select out of even trying a a career because they don't believe they'll be able to get very far and i just those are the people that i want to pull in and so that's what fuels my passion because the more we have the better off we are uh as an industry and then i feel like if i Pull someone in. They know someone that they can pull in, and they'll know someone. So just trying to really create a chain reaction here.
0: I love it. And this the transition. to sort our next topic: neurodiversity, because I I think on top of all the issues you brought up, many women of color are not identified with a neuro neurocyber. Sorry, neuro neurodiversity, and that's a tragedy because. When people think of conditions such as ADHD and autism, they all might think it's primarily for a white male condition, they don't consider everyone else. Right. I personally feel that neurodiversity could also be the key to encourage more women in cybersecurity. The traits are often shown that allow many neurodiverse people to particularly excel in technical positions traits such as attention to detail, hyper-focus, and ability to see the needle in the haystack. Do do you agree?
1: No, I I agree. And I mean, just to touch on neurodiversity in in general, I think it's fantastic that neurodiversity is a thing. It's because, you know, to be someone with autism or, or ADHD and have it classified as a condition or a disability or some sort of challenge is automatically setting someone back. You know, you're, you're starting me all the way back here. I feel like it's a, a disability. So I have to try that much harder to get at the same level as everyone else. And then I have to overcome what I'm, you know, um, functioning through every day. And so the term neurodiversity in and of itself kind of, you know, pushes it forward because it doesn't mean that something's wrong. It just means that you're different. And there's all these other categories of differences out there that just, um, I, I can't think of a better word, but just normalize that as just another form of, of being different or diverse. And, you know, to your point of, of attention to detail and, and finding the needle in the haystack, which. Really, in cybersecurity, is a, a needle in a stack of needles most of the time, right? So, being able to be meticulous and really drill down and dig into the little details that would make you know some individuals just kind of throw their hands up and like, I just I can't find it. I, I don't know what it is. Um, uh, but further to that, I mean, I think as cybersecurity professionals, our adversaries are just grabbing whoever's got the talent to pull off what they need to pull off. I don't think that they quite categorize uh talent pools the the way that we do so if we're going to be able to keep up again back to the point of diversity we have to be open to being as diverse as possible and that isn't limited to just race uh ethnicity age gender it does include neurodiversity as well
0: yep totally agree i recently attended a neurodiversity summit hosted by stanford in the past month or two in one session they discussed how African-American women are ignored, it's a tragedy, but what do you think can be done to help BIPOC, sorry, blacks and indigenous people of color who have neurodiversity get the help they need in order to strive and thrive?
1: Um, I think that the first step is recognizing that it is neurodiversity and not some issue that you're afraid to bring up and, uh, and, and talk about. And then it becomes um, uh, finding the tools, right, that help you manage whatever it is, right, in a way that that will lead you to feel like you're able to be successful. Because you have to believe it, or else you're not going to try. And so, when you have tools that you're comfortable with, after we've gotten past, this is not a condition. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not a disability. You're just different, right? And then that drives the confidence to say, hmm, maybe, maybe I can do this. And that's where we have to start right we have and it's similar to you know why i started the organization along the same lines an individual is not going to pursue something typically won't pursue something that they don't feel confident in their ability to be successful at especially when it comes to a career right we all have bills to pay so if i'm looking at a role that i think the barrier to entry is not so bad i see a good number of people that look like me that seem to be able to do decent in this field versus I don't see anybody that looks like me. No one's really talking mm-hmm. about neurodiversity in a positive way. It seems like it might be a disadvantage, and the barrier to entry. So I have to learn all that and spend all that money. Mm, I'm gonna go over here, right? So I think mm-hmm. I think we have to do a better a better job of lowering the barrier to entry on on a lot of fronts. Honestly,
0: I totally agree, and I really totally and I totally agree with you what you said earlier. There is such a stigma when people hear of like ADHD or autism. It really comes down to being different, and people they gotta flip the script and see it as a natural gift, not not a being a problem or anything.
1: One hundred percent, absolutely, yeah. I agree with you.
0: Uh, in your experience, which cyber job would be best suited for amazing people who are diverse and who are women? Have you have you seen anything?
1: Well, first off, let me say, I think all jobs are for women, all of them, yep, <laughs> you know, totally women agree. can do everything, but, um, you know, specific to uh, being neurodiverse, mm-hmm. if, if we're thinking along the lines of attention to uh, to detail and uh, and really honing in and, and things of that nature, mm-hmm. um, a couple of roles that come to mind are like a SOC analyst uh, mm-hmm. that is just drowning in data and literally has to find, not only find the needle in the stack of needles, but understand how to, one of my colleagues likes to say, how to take all the breadcrumbs crumb, bread and reassemble the biscuit, right? Because you can love it. you can have all the data in front of you, but unless you can make sense of it, it's, it's about as useless as it is in the system that you pulled it all from. Um, so I think that's important, you know, critical thinking and just thinking outside the box, I feel like can mean something completely different to an individual that is neurodiverse, you know, versus the standard what thinking outside the box means. Just don't think like everyone else. Try to do your own thing. I I, I do think it does bring a, a different element of that uh, to the table, but definitely sock analysts, um, red team. Uh, penetration tester because i mean in all of these roles the the devil is in the details and it's really easy to overlook things especially when the tasks are repetitive and we know that all these roles have methodology behind them you know SOC mm. analyst is going to have a run book that they follow and it's easy to fall into the trap of overlooking the small thing because you're checking the boxes so i think it'd be really beneficial in that respect yep
0: sounds good so, so. Based on your experience, what are some of the biggest obstacles women face working in cybersecurity and what can be done to overcome them?
1: I think that I think representation is a is a big part of it. Um, And I mean, there are emotional challenges too, like imposter syndrome. So. Mm. You know, women that are successful, the the questioning: How did I get here? Do I do I belong here? I I mean, can I really represent someone? Am I going to say the right thing in that meeting? Because, again, to the point of, there's not a lot of people that look like you in that Mm. room. Whether you're um, a woman, a woman of color, you know what have you? Especially when you start to get into the the leadership roles you know tech the tech industry in general is male dominant but then when you layer leadership on top of that you know the the margin um strengths even more right in terms of women that are um, in those roles and so when you think about the fact that you want women in leadership roles representing uh, the possibilities of coming into the space, so that more and more women are interested in coming into the space, you sort of have a problem on on both ends of it. So I know there are a lot of other challenges, right? Like you know, um, recruiters figuring out how to recruit more diverse talent. How do we even get more women interested in cybersecurity? Mm. But the big, the big, big one for me is is representation. And I think that just comes with tired of being the only one at conferences or in meetings or, you know, the 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 typical where where there's just not a lot of us.
0: Yep. And some of the some some of the obstacles I see in my experience for women, lack of career advancement, lack of support working long hours, insufficient training opportunities, sexual harassment, family commitments, and overall society and culture, that says women should not be working in tech. Right. That all has to change.
1: And support is at the root of all of that, right? Because society can tell me whatever it wants to, right? But if I have someone that I believe in and that believes in me, and also looks like me telling me no, 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 don't don't listen to that. You can do this, and also here's how you do this. That's how you change the game.
0: Yes, totally agree. Have you have you ever experienced any of these barriers still, and how did you overcome them?
1: I usually kind of run over barriers. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love I don't. It. I don't take kindly to uh, things that are not intended uh, for my good, and not not to get too personal, but I, I did have to learn at a very young age to be sort of independent and self-isolate because people are mean, you know, and yeah, uh, I just, I learned to depend on myself. I learned how to just focus and push toward the things that, that I wanted. and. You know, being bullied at a young age—I never thought I would consider it a blessing, but it taught me to compartmentalize. Right? So, if something happens that's hurtful, or not meant for my good, uh, how much does do I allow that? You know, to impact me? I feel like my mind is the strongest thing that I have. So, if something happens and I tell myself it's devastating, it is. If I tell myself it's not a big deal, it's not. And so that's how I overcome the barriers. I mean, me personally, I just have all of these demerits as soon as I walk in the room, right? I'm, I'm young. I'm a woman of color. I'm masculine of center. I have tattoos everywhere. And so it's like, we, we just don't we don't know what to do with this woman. And so um, since you don't know, I'm, I'm going to tell you. And, and here I am. And you know I, all I can be is my, my authentic self. And the reality of that is every situation won't be for me um but my reality is that I won't choose a situation that's not for me Mm -hmm.
0: okay uh next question what message do you have for girls and young women who we get told that they cannot or should not work in tech because they're not smart enough or good enough what message would you have for them
1: I think that Whoever's saying those things, you shouldn't be talking to. They're just the wrong, you know, the wrong people to to be talking to. You know, surround yourself um, with supportive people that encourage you. You know, even if they don't have the answers, you know, it's it's not going to be common that you're going to find a bunch of people. In the role that you want to be in, in tech or cyber, whatever it is that you want to go, that can also be um, supportive. So take the support. The support will build your confidence. The confidence will keep you going, and then you'll find the people to to show you the uh, the direction. So naysayers, nope, don't listen. To, don't listen to them. Find find someone that supports you, even if they don't understand exactly what it is that you're trying to do, but they believe in you and your ability. That's that's a good thing.
0: I love it. And for girls coming or recent college graduates, what tips do you have for them how to get started in cyber?
1: Be curious. Um, Don't do what everyone else is doing. You know, my motto for myself is I don't want to be where everyone is. I want to be where everyone is going. And, And that's a little scary because you you are even more in a situation where, you know, not a lot of folks have done it before you, but you get to pave your own way and you get to leave your mark so pay attention to the industry where the industry is going what are people talking about right don't jump into I'm just throwing this out there as an example don't jump into pen testing because someone said it's popular because if it's popular that means that there's a lot of other individuals going for that role as well and the market might be a bit saturated whereas you do some research and look for something that's up and coming you actually have a better chance of landing a role because there's not a bunch of skill out there for employers to um pick from so then they're actually looking for uh different things to qualify candidates things that i think should be looked for in the first place like problem solving skills critical thinking skills and things like that that's actually how i got my first it wasn't an it role but i was working for the phone company um when dsl first became popular and people were starting Uh, to ditch dial-up modems None of the guys at the phone company wanted to leave the regular um, phone jobs, and so they had these openings and I was like, "Sure, I'll do that and <laughs> that was the, that was the beginning of my career. So yeah, be curious, you know, get your hands on things, spin up a lab, you know um, cloud has made that really easy back when I was yes. doing it, I had to buy you know machines from Goodwill and run up my power bill, so you know take <laughs> advantage of resources that are available yep. and network, of course. <laughs> And you know i'm i'm
0: happy you said you, you talked about cloud that that is not emphasized enough today because when people think security they automatically think pen testing stock, but not too many people are discussing how important the cloud is today yeah
1: I mean cloud is critically important today especially given where we are with this you know global pandemic a lot of organizations were still kind of trying to figure out do I feel safe in the cloud and all of a sudden it's like oh business continuity throw it in the cloud we have to keep going we can't go into the office and so I think that you know, if it hasn't started to trend that direction already, once things settle down a bit and people can start to actually look at where their data is and who has access to it and things like that, when they're not in like stay you know stay out of the red mode, there's going to be a lot of opportunities um, for security expertise in the cloud.
0: And this helps us transition to our next point. One controversial question that comes up a lot. Do people need to have IT skills to get cybersecurity? I I've seen the answers really dive into the based on gender. Like a lot of guys say yes, a lot of women say no. Uh, how do you feel?
1: Uh, well, I like to split hairs, and so the question was get into cybersecurity. So the answer is no, right? Do you have to have skills to get a job? Yes. So. You get into cybersecurity, you don't need skills, we all started somewhere, right? You figure out what it is you wanna do and what those skill requirements are, and then you work at it, and then you work towards landing a role. You know, I don't know many employers that will hire someone with no experience, uh, but I think another sort of split hair moment here is when job descriptions ask for a certain number of years of experience, they rarely specify professional experience. So experience, like if you want to be a pen tester, could be capture the flag tournaments or labs that you Mm -hmm. built at home or projects that you're working on. And I think a lot of people self-select out because they haven't done these things professionally, which in Mm -hmm. a lot of cases Mm -hmm. is not um, a requirement. So you know, to directly answer the question again, to get into cybersecurity, absolutely not, because cybersecurity isn't all about hands on keyboard, there's governance, there's risk, there's privacy. Um, but yeah if you do want to be hands-on keyboard absolutely get in figure out the skills you need and work at it
0: and hey, you know what what you said just it it isn't said enough because when when people think experience you're absolutely right they think doing it in, the, in at work right but they don't realize doing it as part of volunteer experience uh, CTFs that's all experience right and that and and that all that counts.
1: It does, and it helps you speak to more than what you learned in a book or what you, you know, penciled in on a certification exam. It's the applied knowledge uh, that, that separates you. Because anyone can read a book and say it back. I tell, I tell mentees and folks I talk to all the time, sure you got certification, sure you got the degree, but thousands of other people did too. What's gonna separate you? What's different about you? And mm. that's that's the question you have to be able to answer.
0: I love it. Another areas up. Do you have any personal success stories to share from your life? Hmm, that is uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess since we're on the topic of, of neurodiversity, I guess mm-hmm. I, I kind of being able to be where I am is a bit of a success story, you know, to bring all bring it all together. What 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 we've been uh, talking about. So I was recently, as in this year, uh, diagnosed with with ADHD and all these years i I didn't know what it was i dropped out of college four times because i just couldn't concentrate in school when i had to go to school at 6 p.m on a thursday night and be there till 9 and learn this specific it just didn't it didn't work for me um i've never been able to read um i am a i'm a great reader but i don't like i can't focus on a book long enough to to get through it. I I can probably count the number of books I've read cover to cover on on one hand. And there was a time in my life that that was embarrassing for me, you know, because there are certain expectations of you, like when you're in a leadership role or, mm. you know, when you're up and coming in your career or, you know, even in tech, you're you're super smart. You're doing all these things with computers. You read, right? Have you read this book? And, you know, I would be embarrassed because no, I not only have I not read that book, but I don't, read books so um but uh when i was diagnosed things just made so much sense you know i went from feeling embarrassed to feeling empowered because now i have a reason but then the flip side of that that explains why i'm able to do so many things because i can just focus on so many things i actually need to focus on many things because you know just a couple of things I'm just kinda like oh, I, I, I don't want to work on this anymore right now so I need to bounce between multiple things and kinda be over the tip of my skis uh, at all times so it really um, I guess it came at the right time you know exactly when it was supposed to come to bring it all full circle for me so I mean I think if I could get through those things not even knowing you know they were they were a thing because I mean as a, as a black woman things especially you know 20 30 years ago when i was growing up adhd um what is that no you're just you're just bad go you know sit down and it, it just it wasn't a thing but i i feel better yeah. knowing now <laughs> and um and yeah now i'm not so embarrassed
0: i, I, I can totally relate i i got diagnosed with the adhd maybe around five years ago mm-hmm. so i totally relate and uh another gentleman i it, it, when gentleman i I interviewed a few weeks ago I could see the difference like for him he got diagnosed with his neuro, various neurodiverse conditions when he was super young mm-hmm. so getting the support early getting getting recognized it's a huge difference yeah
1: because then Sorry. you know you know there's just something that you need tools to work with versus there's this this thing that you just can't like English was my, my worst subject, but I, I had the like best grammar skills in the class, best communication skills, but it was my worst subject because they always wanted me to read a book. And <laughs> I just, I didn't have, I didn't understand why. And so I didn't have the tools to, to help me navigate it. And I wish I had, because I probably would have learned how to be a great reader. And, and I would probably read tons of books now, but alas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also the, so one last question. Looking at the future, what what do you want to see in the future to that to, you know, to societal changes and whatnot that can help women, particularly women who uh, African-American women to advance in cybersecurity? If you had a wish list,
1: um, I mean, in the future, honestly, my wish would be that diversity discussions are no longer necessary. Right. You know, we are mm-hmm. where, where we need to be. There's no Uh, gender, race, any of those sort of disparities and and the pay gap and all those things are gone because we have figured out that we're all, you know, better together, stronger together. And um, someone asked me recently, um, we were talking about my organization, you know, what what success for you um, in years to come for Empowered Cybersecurity. I said, for me, it means we don't need it anymore, right, because we've built the pipeline and women feel confident that they can have this type of career. Because the pipeline is built, there's more women being represented. So more interested in coming in and it's out there that it's actually um, a career and more young girls are interested in STEM. So uh, yeah, that would be my dream to not need organizations like mine anymore. And then the diversity conversation is, is gone because we're all just people with skills.
0: You make a very interesting point because I'm fortunate I'm fortunate to know many uh, women of various races in cybersecurity, and and quite a number of uh, African American women. But I do see a lot of work needs to be done, especially in poor neighborhoods and cities. Like, yeah, what what, what do you think can be done there?
1: Uh, I, I think it's about. I, I hate to you know, keep going back to the intangible, but it really is about believing and it starts with just having access and knowing these things exist, right? There's, you know, you go into some communities and there's no uh, like computers in the schools, they can't yes. afford computers in homes, they don't have access to the internet. And so how in the world are you supposed to know that this is a, a, a viable career option for you when it's not even a part of your day to day, right? So access is, is one thing. Um, uh, but then you know we step up a bit from that, and and you go into uh, neighborhoods that maybe do have some computers in schools, and you know access to the internet is a regular thing, and it's not far fetched for uh, home to have a couple of um, smartphones and tablets in them. But then there's the okay, do I want to go work? I'll just throw an an idea out there. Work work at a factory. That's what my whole family did. Everybody was successful and have to worry about anything, family's taken care of, not a lot of college debt, or do I wanna pursue this STEM thing everybody keeps talking to me about? Um, and, and it becomes a situation where we get back to representation and support, because if a kid is interested in STEM and then they go talk to a parent or relative that doesn't know anything about it, it's gonna seem far-fetched and it's gonna be presented as far-fetched, but if they have guidance or a mentor or some kind of program tailored towards showing them the possibilities and how to get there and what to focus on it it changes those things so again access representation mm-hmm. support you know we just have to keep, keep giving back and creating that domino effect because i guarantee you back to my point earlier you pluck a kid or two out of those situations and show them something they become successful they're going to turn around and pluck somebody out too and and it just it should spread you know
0: i love it thank you for everything you do tia
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Okay, yeah, have a great day.